It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tomorrow at noon to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gar. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to today's episode. Today, I want to talk about a couple of things. We're going to quickly wrap up the series in Los Angeles, talk about that final game, getaway day game, for the Reds as they fell to the Dodgers 8 to nothing. And I also have a thought about the upcoming series as well. Before we get into all of that, though, I want to make sure that you're subscribed and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Normally have a Jeff's Junk Mail episode slash segment slash something on Fridays. Not this Friday. We will next week, though, at... Hey, happy draft day. For those of you that are also football fans, hopefully you're also Bengals fans as well. I got my Smoking Joe Burrow t-shirt on representing down here in Folly Beach, South Carolina. Um, If you want to know more about the draft, uh, make sure you listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft that the Locked On Podcast Network has put together with Odyssey as well as listen to Locked On Bengals as they have plenty of good thoughts about what the Bengals should do. At number five. All right, let's talk about it. So the, the final game of the series was a loss. Uh, hoping for a sweep, but honestly, that was a lot. Uh, especially coming into a series where we were just hoping the Reds themselves didn't get swept. And they ended up winning the series just far and beyond our expectations. It was awesome to see as a series as a whole. And, and there were some great things about that final game. Obviously not the eighth inning where Sal Romano just exploded after getting two outs on the Dodgers, and the Dodgers managed to put six runs on Big Sal in the bottom of the eighth, that was uh, that was not good. A little bit worried about what Sal's future prospects are with this team, given the Louisville Calvary and all of the different arms that they have the ability to cycle in and out. But uh, but Sonny Gray, he's back. Welcome to the 2021 season, Sonny Gray. 11 strikeouts. He gave everybody free pizza himself. He put that pizza on his back and delivered it straight to you. What a performance. His sinking fastball was absolutely phenomenal. Save for the one time that Justin Turner got a hold of it and put it in the seats in left field, that was an absolute dominant performance. That's the Sonny Gray that we are all hoping to see the rest of this season. Absolutely phenomenal. The sinking fastball was just working the curveball couldn't be touched, was just baffling hitters. The Dodgers lineup, and I know the Dodgers were without Cody Bellinger, so they're missing a key part of that lineup. You still got to get the job done, and Sonny Gray did that. What a great performance. The only thing was he was outdueled by Clayton Kershaw, and if that surprises you, what have you been doing? What, what rock have you been living under for the last 15 years? Clayton Kershaw is a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
dude is one of the best pitchers this game has ever seen. And he turned the clock back yesterday. A phenomenal performance. And I know that it was against the Reds, and I know that it led to a Reds loss. But if the baseball fan in you can't just kick back and enjoy watching Clayton Kershaw do the work that he was doing, create just that masterpiece of a performance that he had, then I think you should check yourself a little bit, to be honest with you. Like, I I love the Reds, and I hate to see them lose, but that was beautiful, what Clayton Kershaw had to offer for baseball fans yesterday. And, And, you know, I mean, he did give up a couple of hits and a couple of walks, and it felt like, or just one walk, but it felt like there were a couple of times where the Reds might get something going, and he shut the door just as quick as that feeling was created. I mean, even in the first inning when Senzel's still second, he's on second with nobody out, ends up in a strike-him-out, throw-him-out situation. It was like from then on, I'm like, okay, Kershaw's on. This is going to be a long day for this lineup. They just got to hope they can run his pitch count up, which they didn't do. And he was super pitch efficient. That was that was an amazing performance there. But, but one of the other positives, and this is something that is going to be a theme throughout the rest of the season, Nick Senzel hitting leadoff. I really appreciate the article or the uh, the newsletter, the morning spin from Reds Content Plus that I receive in my email inbox every morning. They really broke down the idea of Nick Senzel as a leadoff hitter because talent-wise, I think he can do it. He has shown, at least through his peripherals, whether it be hard hit, whether it be his ability to draw walks and get on base, that he can do it. He's been getting unlucky. You're going to say, well, Jeff, he's only batting two-something-something, and it's not that great. But he's been getting unlucky. He can do this. He can bat leadoff. But the interesting argument comes from the number of at-bats the leadoff hitter gets as opposed to the number two, as opposed to the number three. And it's like something around 18 per spot. And by moving Nixon Zell up so far, if he were to start every game as the leadoff hitter for the rest of the season, he would get 90 more, 90 more plate appearances than he would have if he stayed in the number six spot. Let that sink in for a minute. Is he worth allowing another 90 plate appearances? It's an interesting question, especially since he is not as effective against right-handers as he is against lefties. So, like the morning spin says, maybe they do a platoon situation where Jesse Winker bats leadoff against right-handed pitchers and Nixon Zell does it against lefties. And that would mitigate the idea of giving him that many more plate appearances and be something interesting to see. I, I don't know. Like when you when you break down the numbers, you want your best hitter to get the most plate appearances, and the best hitter in the Reds lineup is still Jesse Winker. I know he had no for today and or yesterday, and he lost his hitting streak. But Jesse Winker is just so talented, and it's funny because Mark Sheldon posted a quote from Joey Votto's uh, interview after the game. Joey was talking about Jesse Winker. He said, oh, "If there's one thing about Jesse Winker, he's a hitter." And if there's two things about Jesse Winker, he's a really good hitter. He just he just can hit the ball, flat hit the ball. He is on even with that over. I still think that Jesse is on fire. If this was NBA Jam, he'd still have flames around him uh, as he steps up to the batter's box. But overall, not a great day for the Reds because everybody else was shut down by Clayton Kershaw in the lineup. Joey Votto did have a hit, and, and that was just a joy to watch. The The plate appearances of Joey Votto versus Clayton Kershaw, just two dominant major league players going at it, and I loved 
watching all three of those plate appearances between those two future Hall of Famers. All right, real quick, too, because I want to get into some more talking about previewing the minor league season and uh, looking back through Reds history, but I also wanted to mention that with this series coming up this weekend, we changed our expectations again. Going into L.A., we just didn't want them to get swept. We wanted at least one win. Coming into this weekend series against the Cubs, it's win, baby. Win this series. The Cubs have looked pretty poor in the month of April. Hopefully they're not like getting right as they come to Cincinnati, and hopefully the Reds can win this series. They need to. This is a situation where it's time to get back into the division race. That week of losing just really knocked them down. Went from first to last in the bleak of an eye, it felt like. But now it's time to beat the Cubs, and then they got two against the White Sox, which we'll talk more about next week. But this is the kind of homestand that with five games, they need to go four and one. Maybe, I mean, maybe uh, three and two, but I really want to see four and one from the Reds on this homestand. And we'll talk more about the White Sox next week, but that's my thoughts with the Cubs. Pitching matchups aside, they're not going to get Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks finished the Cubs series against the Braves and just got rocked. So they won't see the Cubs' best pitcher, but that means that they got to win. They got to get up there. They got to score the runs. They got to pitch well, do everything they need to to beat up on this Cubs team that really looks as if they are on the precipice of blowing it all up. The Reds need to help them figure out that it's time to blow things up. Alrighty, we will wrap up that series on Monday. But now, let's talk about some minor league season previews. Of course, before we get into that, though, this episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport, you know, like the Reds and Major League Baseball. I'll be hosting rooms for Locked On Reds once a week, just like this week, at noon on Friday. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about Major League Baseball and the Reds. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the next Locked On Reds podcast through our Locker Room conversations. Be sure to join me this week friday at noon i'll be hosting a room and we can talk about the reds go download the free locker room app now currently available on all ios devices be sure to create a profile link your twitter and join the mlb group for the latest league updates follow me at jeff Carr with three f's to be notified when my room goes live i know you won't want to miss it i'm planning to be live this week on friday at noon I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Reds. I'll see you there. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes like Fiat and Kia and the models like Pacifica, XT5, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers 
with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. That's rockauto.com and in the how did you hear about us section, type in locked on. Rock Auto has all of the parts that your car will ever need. Tonight, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft tonight through May 1st. Alrighty, we are into the minor league season preview segment here. If you've missed any this past couple of episodes I've been talking with Doug Gray, our Reds minor leagues expert, about, because he knows everything about the Reds minor leagues. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And uh, we've confirmed he doesn't have a crystal ball on his desk, though, so we're, we're not going to ask about the future. But we will ask about the Dayton Dragons because they have flipped. They are no longer the low A Dayton Dragons. They are now the high A. Dayton Dragons. We we talked about Chattanooga. We talked about Louisville. We talked about the top prospects. Now we're looking specifically at Dayton today. What is the first thing that comes to mind other than the fact that everything is now all topsy-turvy and you can't wait to get a Dragons dog, Doug? <laughs> uh, I, I really like this rotation. Um, we're not entirely sure how it's all going to play out. There may even be a six-man rotation for, for the, the A-ball team this year, but um, you know, there's, there's everybody that's in this rotation has something that you can really look at and be like, that's it. That guy's got it. I am looking forward to just the different names that I don't already know cropping up and, and jumping on my radar with the whole idea of Kyle Bodie and, and the way that Derek Johnson has just set up this pitching development organizational wide. And I think that the lower levels of the minor leagues, which we won't hear as much about, I mean, we'll hear about Dayton because we live close to there, but for the most part, when it comes to the lower levels of the minor leagues, they're not reported on a lot. So what excites you the most about these guys in the rotation? Well, you know, you, you just mentioned, you know, these guys that are creeping up that we just haven't seen or heard about for a while, just because there was no, there was no season last year. I mean, we'll, we'll start off with a guy like Graham Ashcraft. Uh, you know, he actually, we, we saw him in big league camp, you know, I, I think he got into one or two games with the Reds. He was one of those early minor league camp guys. I mean, he's a fifth round draft pick with those hundred miles per hour as a starter. I mean, like, you know, that, that this is a guy who, I mean, he's, he's not even in my top 25 prospects right now. Um, now granted to be fair, I, I did not update my, my prospect list at all last year because, you know, there's just a lack of information and I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable just making guesses based on, you know, the, you know, we have information on 40 guys out of the 250 in the farm system. Sure. Just, it, I, I wanted more information, but you know, Graham Ashcraft showed up in spring training this year, sitting 97 to 98 miles per hour. Um, yeah, that'll work. Um, you know, you've, you've got Lion Richardson, a former second round draft pick. Uh, you know, 
He's technically probably going to get a promotion this year to Dayton, but that's where he pitched last time. It's just it was it was low A then, and now it's high A. Um, but you know he he's a guy who his velocity has kind of crept back up to where it was in high school, and that was one of the concerns that we saw uh, you know two years ago is that you know he went from a guy who was touching ninety eight uh, in high school to a guy who he touched ninety five like twice all season. Uh, now he still had good results. He's got he's got good secondary stuff, and he can throw his fastball where he wanted to. But the velocity just wasn't there that he showed in high school. It's it's creeping back up, and you know you you like to see that. Um, you know Noah Davis is probably going to be in that rotation. You know he's a he's a guy who's coming off Tommy John surgery, so he didn't pitch too much um, in, in the past. But you know he's he's got really good stuff. Really like his breaking ball. Um, you know Jacob Heatherly's a lefty who's throwing 100 miles per hour. Uh, very inconsistent. He's he struggled with health. I think he made four starts in 2019 for Dayton uh, before you know he missed the rest of the year. Um, but you know he's got a hammer breaking ball, and again the lefty throws a hundred. So you know he he does need to stay healthy and be more consistent. But you don't got to squint hard to see that if he puts it together, he, he could be really good. Uh, you know a guy they've been talking about giving a, a shot at pitching out of the rotation, Eduardo Salazar. You know, he came out of nowhere and he's throwing ninety eight miles per hour now. Um, I mean I mean there's just a lot of really good starting pitchers to like. Uh, in, in this Dayton rotation. Um, I, I'm excited to see how things turn out. One thing that I've been thinking with the whole switching of low A to high A and things like that, what guys are looking at a promotion but not moving lockers or at least not moving locker rooms from Dayton to Daytona? Are there going to be some guys that are like, hey, congrats, you're starting in high A instead of low A, but you don't have to pack your bags? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, these are just projections, and I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff, like, uh, from what I'm hearing out of out of Goodyear right now, you know, there, there's still a lot of decisions to be made, particularly in the in the A ball range, just because these are younger guys who the track record isn't really there for too much, um, and and they missed that season. So the, the the organization's really trying to get a good feel of where these guys are developmentally developmentally right now, um, and and so you know, there's probably going to be you know some surprise decisions between who winds up in Dayton and Daytona. And I I'm along with them just kind of guessing right now, but you know, I think, you know, a guy like Miguel Hernandez, uh, Mariel Bautista, um, you know, maybe Brian Ray is, is going to wind up back in Dayton. Um, and then that's where they were in 2019. Although Brian Ray did move up to Daytona uh, in the second half of 2019, but you know, th- those guys are going to be, you know, coming back to Dayton, quote unquote, but you know, it is a promotion for them. It just may not quite feel like it right away. What is uh, kind of looking at the team? And I know that we mentioned that the uh, it's going to be like an all new league and all that other stuff. What kind of new places is, are are the Dragons going to be going? And you know, where is our friend Tom Nichols going to be announcing different games at this year that he may not have in the past? Well, I don't think Tom's actually going to be doing much of that. Um, the the oh. the radio calls are actually it's going to be much like it is in the major leagues. They're not allowed to travel. Um, now that, that may change as we get further into the season and, you know, different protocol, uh, things are, are changed as hopefully we keep moving in the right direction here. But, um, you know, right, right now it seems like they're, they're not going to be traveling. So unfortunately for Tom, he may not get to see anywhere new this year. Um, but I, I guess we're, we're going to have to find that out. And, you know, what's going to be interesting with that is I'm going to go on a little tangent here for, I'll try and keep it short, but, sure. um, you know, how are the the minor league guy is going to call from the road or I guess call from their home ballpark or whatever. When some of these teams don't have video feeds 
uh, on the road. Like I, 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 I'm very curious to see how that works out because in, in the minor leagues, not every team has a video feed. Like heck, the Chattanooga Lookouts are the only double A team that doesn't have MILB.TV. Mm. So how will people, how will the visiting teams, radio broadcasters, call those games? I just have, I have no idea. I'm very intrigued by that. That is going to be interesting. I know that like some teams almost would have to set up a private video feed, and then you got people like, "Ooh, how could I get on that?" And that'll right. be that'll be a weird. Your your friend Doug is sitting here sending messages to everybody that's in the <laughs> broadcast booth, like, "Hey, how do I? What's what's the what's the Zoom link for this or whatever?" Like, I want to watch. I'm going to be interested to see how, guys. I I definitely uh, want to make my way up to Dayton. I know that, uh, you know, they already sell quite a few tickets whenever there's not restrictions, so I'm guessing it's going to be pretty hard to get into uh, Dragon Stadium this year. I I would imagine so. I mean, they've got a season ticket list that's very, very long, um, and at least while they still have, you know, limited capacity, I'd imagine that all of those tickets are probably going to season ticket holders. I've almost forgotten what goes on a Dragon Dog, so I gotta pick one up before I forget. What totally, <laughs> I I know that it gave me uh, some interesting uh, heartburn after that, but it was really good. It that's really that, good. That, that's a good sign of a good hot dog. Yeah, though. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Doug, I appreciate. Uh, look at Dayton tomorrow. We're going down to Low A, down to Daytona, which used to be High A, and we're going to be looking at the Daytona Tortugas on the final segment of this minor league season preview as uh, we, we've already looked at High A, uh, Double A, Triple uh, A, and the top prospects. So if you missed any of that, go back and check it out. Today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got Major League Baseball rolling along. There's also NBA as they near the playoffs. You've got NHL as well. All kinds of great sports are on BetOnline.ag. They even cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine can also be found there. BetOnline has you covered. For all the news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website today, BetOnline.ag, or Use your mobile device to sign up and receive 50% as a welcome bonus, 50% more on your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Go there today and enter the promo code Locked On to get that 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On. This episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight 
and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. That's the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, so all week with friend of the podcast cam miller we have been looking at the history of the reds going from the start all the way through the 1940 world series in our last segment today we're going to look at that period of time that led up to the big red machine so we're, we're looking at you know the ragamuffin reds we're looking at a couple of guys that just were phenomenal talents that were on this team. And one guy in particular, I want to start with him. This is going to go a little bit out of order so far as the timeline goes. But before we jump into the timeline, I wanted to talk and get your thoughts about Veda Penson, one of the just most underrated Reds in the history of the franchise, a guy that I wish I had a time machine and I could go back and watch. When you look at Veda Penson, Cam, what stood out the most to you? I think it was his ability to be calm, cool, and collected. I mean, if you really, really think about it, let's just think for a moment. He is alongside Frank Rams. The civil unrest and the racial unrest in the United States was at its peak. It was just awful. And here comes this kid who has this amazing, and he's coming to a, a place he doesn't recognize. I mean, he's in California. He comes to the Midwest. He, he just takes him under his wing, and he says, I'm going to get you through this. And it was the best thing that ever happened to Beta Pinson. Can you imagine? Like, he, he couldn't even go to Coney Island <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> a home run because he wasn't allowed to because of the color of his skin. You think about that now, how insane that is, but that's just the way it was. Alongside Frank Robinson, the pressure of not only having to play in this Midwestern town that he's not familiar with, but to do it well. I mean, and he was a 5 2 guy. When 5 2 guys were a thing, I mean, that wasn't a, something that you talked about. And I always say that he was a better overall athlete and ball player than Frank, but Frank just had the power and he had that charisma as where Veda was kind of a silent assassin. He just went out and stole bases, hit home runs. I remember going through some footage for the Reds Hall of Fame project about three years ago. We got to see him work the count and then hit a ball into the gap at the field, which should have been a double. And his just, you blink and he's on third base. The man was unbelievable. It was just the speed. It was his knowledge, and that's the thing. He was a smart guy. He was a very, very – he knew that park. He knew if he hit it up that terrace at Crosley Field, he was going to get a triple. He was so smart. And I'm just privileged and honored to be able to go through some of this footage and see him because a lot of times what you see is, is the, the highlights, the home runs, you know, the great catches. You don't get to see, like, just an at-bat, an everyday just at-bat, how he would judge a pitcher. How, and this is the time before Helmet, I mean, when he first started his career. And he's going up there around the plate, just like his buddy Frank would do, just to get that inside pitch. And he, he was just a genius at that. And you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. He was underrated. One of those guys that if he would have played, if it wasn't, you know, the superstars of those teams in the 50s and 60s, early 60s, I think he would have been in the same, mentioned the same breath as the Frank Robinson, Billy Mays, uh, Hank Aaron. 
just an absolute talent that was just an, an athlete that just the rarity. You don't see those type of athletes every day that do it all. And if there's one thing, Frank, the Urbana Pence could do it was play baseball. He was just in a beautiful man, just a wonderful human being. And I, you're right. Time machine would be great. Cause can you imagine going out and having a few beers and watching him play at Crosley field? Just unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think of him, I think of Frank Robinson, what, what other players define this period between 1940 and the big red machine? I would say that of course, Frank winning, winning the most valuable player, just being dominant. Ed Kluzewski, of course, a, a beast man that, could hit the ball so far. I can imagine hitting a great American ballpark. I mean, how many river shots have had? Oh man. A splash meter, a great American because the man was hitting bombs before they started counting launch angles and where balls went. This man could hit. You had Gus Bell. I mean, just an absolutely beautiful player. Was very underrated. He was a good defensive player and was just good for getting hits. I mean, and that was what those 50s teams leading up to the 61 World Series team. I mean, the Reds built a team based upon the strength of the Crosley field. You had fast players like Frank and Beta. I mean, just amazing. So that whole team, I mean, you go top to bottom, just they were put together really, really well. It was They broke a million uh, for the first time in 1956. I think they broke the a million uh, fan for the first time. Nice. So they were packing them in and packing them in at Crosley field. So what a time to go see a game. Probably my favorite era. If I had to pick an era, the 50s had to be the best just to go see those guys play. That, that would have been interesting, like looking at different guys through the history of the team. Like if you had a home run derby between Adam Dunn, George Foster, Frank Robinson, and Ted Klazuski. Like, oh, oh my can gosh, you imagine? Gosh. I think I want to do that in like MLB The Show or something. Where yeah. I just put those bad boys on there and just break. I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, the, 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 and it wasn't just the home runs where they're going over the fence, you know, 340, right. 350. We're talking 425, 440. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable to think about what they were doing. I mean, that was when the home run became a thing. I mean, the 50s was really when it started to become that, you know, oh, that's a thing to see as a home run. You know, before this, before this time, it was all about small ball. And now you're talking about shots, moon shots by these players that kind of capture the imagination of the young kids in Cincinnati. Well, that is all the way up until the big red machine on Tomorrow's podcast, we're going to wrap up. And I know it's interesting because we've only had a couple of minute segments each uh, each day this week talking about it. So it's like not doing it as much justice as we can. But this was an overlook as the timeline goes that we can come back and reference these certain things and kind of dig deeper on them. But tomorrow we're going to wrap it up. We're going to look at the Big Red Machine, which I think most everybody kind of has a grasp on around this part. And then also uh, kind of take it up to now. I appreciate Cam all so much, and we got one more segment coming up this week. But as for today's episode, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that's going to do it for us here today. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.